On this episode of EHS on Tap, we head straight into the seemingly complex world of animals and how species have evolved to alert their own kind of lurking dangers, and how safety managers can adopt similar situational awareness strategies to protect employees from the obvious but often overlooked hazards in the workplace. On this episode, A Safety Voyage to the Animal Kingdom, we speak with Alden Davis about the situational awareness of animals in their natural environments as compared to humans in the everyday work environment. Mr. Davis is the principal of MyValueTree.com, which is a consulting practice to lead institutional change within businesses and social systems. He has over 30 years of experience in project management for United Technologies Corporation, as well as Pratt and Whitney Aerospace in Connecticut and he is well known as a specialist in regenerating institutions. Excellent, so let's get started. I wanna talk about what you do and how you bring situational awareness to folks in the EHS market. Well, okay, so my background is business and engineering. I've been in, uh, I grew up in factories, that's my life. Moved into private practice uh, in 2009. And over all those years, leading change has been my work. And I've, you know, I've worked within the EHS community, but let's make no um, uh, uh, bones about this. I am not the go-to OSHA guy. I'm not the one you want to come to for regulatory compliance issues. I'm the one who deals with safety cultures and how organizations run and how to create safety mindsets. So what we're going to talk about today was Safari actually came about to solve a problem. I was working in a steel mill and we were working on creating a safety culture. Now you know, here you have 800 acres and you have locomotives and ore cars and parts moving everywhere, molten vats of steel. Right. It's a hazardous environment. Yet they were going crazy because people were getting hurt by missing a chair in the break room <laughs> or um, tripping on their pant legs walking into the office, a bee sting. So just these tra- common, common, just common accidents. Just stuff. And the coup de grace was a guy holding a remote control for a vehicle about the size of a forklift and he ran over his own foot. Well, they were beside themselves, right? Ouch. (laughs) So they said, we need help with situational awareness. And that's what started this journey. So can you tell us a little bit more um, for the listeners that are uh, tuning in today? Alden has this great product called Safari. So kind of a play on word from Safari. Um, And it's just, it's so inspiring and it's really cool to to learn about. So can you um, kind of uh, give us a brief of well, safe art. Yeah, it's a great story. So, you know, I start off figuring out, I've never taught situational awareness fo- before. You know, Navy SEALs, they're situationally aware. Or we could go to John Boyd and all of his work with the Air Force called the OODA loop, right? That's observe, orient, decide, and act. Well, we're not pilots. We work in a steel mill, right? <laughs> so two weeks after they asked for help, I was meeting with a longtime colleague and friend, Lenny Diamond, and he goes, hey, Alden, I want to show you my safari pictures. Well, I had just looked at somebody else's a couple weeks before. I was less than enthused. But okay, Lenny, we met at Starbucks. And the first picture he puts up, Emily, is this one right here. All right, so what Alden is showing me right now is a image of, an image of a tree with what appears to be a baboon 
And that's high, exactly it. High up in the limbs. So I said, wow, Lenny, that's a picture of a baboon in the tree being kind of snarky. And he goes, no, Alden, you need to understand that's a guard. In the baboon community, one goes up the tree to be on guard for the troop, for the family grazing below. And if he sees something, he lets out a scream you can hear for miles. And then the family has a safety plan. I said, oh, my goodness, Lenny, hang on. And I said, we're going to make a sharp left turn. For whatever reason, when Lenny went on his safari to Botswana, the Okavanga Delta, he saw the world through a lens that showed how the animals managed risk in their lives. So this started as a collaborative project. Within two weeks, we were back at the steel mill sharing the story with all the maintenance folks. You know, they, they said it was fresh, it was different, it was fun, not the typical kind of dry training that they got. They could sure. take it home and share the message with their kids, and that's what launched us into this. I, I think people can kind of relate, too. You see these uh, keystone animals in their environments, and, and you... Maybe you can't relate in your in your everyday workplace, but you can relate to the, what the animal is doing to protect its well, Right, I mean, so back, let's go back, 1979, Janine Bennis, and by the way, I brought her book here, The Secret Language of Animals. Janine Bennis introduced us to the concept of biomimicry, and that means looking to nature to solve engineering mm -hmm. problems. She's got a great TED Talk on it, well worth listening to. What we're going to explore here today is the idea of socio-biomimicry. That means looking to the animals to learn about how they manage risk. I mean, shoot, they've got countless thousands of years on managing risk. They have finely defined structures. They mm -hmm. live in an environment filled with kill me hazards, right? That's just their day-to-day -day life. So I'm looking to them as experts. Now let's not be mistaken, I am not a sociobiologist. <laughs> you, you have more background than that's, I do. That's very I'm, true. I'm just a poor engineer and a business kind of person. But what, what I want to mention, what Alden has brought to light here for the um, EHS and the health and safety world is very unique. And he brings up the, the menagerie of these animal behavior animal behaviors and sociobiomimicry to the table, and it, it's really inspiring for anyone looking to do some sort of safety training. So, so in front of you right now, you have 14 different stops on our situational mm -hmm. awareness tour, if you will. That's, right. your, that's your handout right there. Yeah, so yeah. Alden brings in a handout with a, a bunch of photos and of situational awarenesses that we're gonna kind of embark on today. So now that we've kind of got a rundown of what um, Safari is, let's 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 drill down a little bit more and talk about the different uh, situational awareness, um, animal behavior situations. <laughs> I guess you could say right. that that Alden wants to speak about. So. What are some of these? We mentioned the baboon. What are some of the well, other? So let's let's pull back here. This is designed uh, to get adults talking. Situational awareness is not something you can just put up on the whiteboard and say, oh, I got it right. <laughs> this is about being aware of your environment. And we know best practices in adult learning is when adults sit together, they examine data, they share stories, and they draw their mm -hmm. own conclusions. And that's what this is based on. So you see here, here's a deck of laminated photos. These are perfect for starting a morning off five minutes toolbox talks mm -hmm. where your supervisor shows the picture, the story's on the back. So for example, 
first picture, when we go on safari, there's a location. Lenny mm -hmm. happened to go to Botswana, so now you'd ask the people, so what's the location that we're going to be dealing with? Let's bound our discussion. Mm -hmm. Is it the shop? Is it the building? Is it your office? Is it this office right here? Is it mm -hmm. your home? Is it where you're having dinner? Everything's bounded. And it, when you go on safari, on this particular one, they were in a Jeep, and it's an open Jeep. Right here, you see the picture there? Right, yeah, so it's an open Jeep. You can picture it just as you would imagine if Canopy you're on safari. Top. Cameras shooting yeah, in every direction. Yeah. And you know, it's this picture here. Now we're out in the middle of the savanna here. Right? Okay. Do you see fences and moats and everything? Nope. Right, so here we have a group of people who have volunteered to go see Kill Me Hazards up close and personal. Now, Emily, you and I could go see Kill Me Hazards, but we don't mm -hmm. need to pay a guide to take us. We just go to what's called a zoo, right? Sure. Because in the zoo, we learn about hazard, severity, and control. They're both kill me hazards. But in the zoo, they put controls in place, right? Mm -hmm. Methods to minimize my exposure to the risk. When you go on safari, you don't have controls like mm -hmm. fences and moats. You are next to kill me hazards. And that's what starts us on this journey here is appreciating the fact of hazard, severity, and control. Because what we're going to experience with the animals is they have been dealing with kill me threats for countless generations that they have baked it into their daily routine. They size up hazards, they understand how severe they are, mm -hmm. and they have controls in place to deal with it. Mm -hmm. But their controls all tend to be behavioral-based about avoiding or mitigating exposure to sure. the hazard. So let's let's start with, um, you mentioned the baboon. All right, the let's start with the baboon. The baboon's great. So here's a picture of a baboon in a tree. Now right. all of us would just look at that and go, well, that's no big deal, right? It's just a, it's a monkey in the tree. Uh -huh. But see, the baboons understand that someone has to be on guard. Okay. Someone. Now, the question is, why do you go up the tree? Why don't you just stand on the log next to the troop, right, to the right. family grazing? What's, right. what's, why is it important to go up? Well, <laughs> that's, that's so funny. As a zoologist, I would say for greater visibility. Exactly. <laughs> we go up to see more, right? I have more visibility. Right. To the horizon now I mean look at this picture of the baboon you've got it there in front of you you know I don't know whether this is a male or a female I don't know whether this is a four-hour shift or an eight-hour shift I don't know yeah. whether this baboon is certified right I mean what do you think do you think this baboon went to certification class on hazard identification no. to, to learn the difference between a lion <laughs> and a warthog no but maybe the baboon has the loudest screech of all of its community members, and it was selected. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but, I mean, no, but isn't that an amazing discussion yes. right there? Yes. In the baboon community, how does that process even happen? Right. But someone goes, goes up, up the tree. So I'm sitting here with Lenny in Starbucks, and I look around at all of our animals mm -hmm. grazing at Starbucks. Right. And I say to myself, wow. There's not a single one aware of kill me hazards around mm -hmm. us. But look at recent events. You know, I mean, this will date the program. This weekend, there was the fire in That's the right. warehouse in club Oakland. in Oakland. 
we have shootings, right? right? People show up trying to do us harm. And here we sit in Starbucks thinking, oh, the world's just sure. totally safe. Let's sip another latte, you know? Yeah. Oh, we've got police, we've got fire departments, we've got National Guard. What do we have to worry about? Mm -hmm. Well, <laughs> the animals are always on guard. Sure. So I decided sitting there in Starbucks, you know what, Emily? I could be guard today. I could choose to be alert to my environment, just like this baboon is. One goes up the tree, one, and you go up so you can see, right? Mm -hmm. You can have mm -hmm. the farthest visibility so that the family has time to react. So where do I like to sit in restaurants? I like to sit in the back where I can see the whole skate. I like to sit where I can see the door. I know that the easiest exit's going to be through the kitchen because mm -hmm. everybody runs to the front door when we should all be running out through the rear door Back of the door. kitchen. I have prepared myself to scream like so you've a baboon. Evolved. I've evolved. <laughs> this one picture right here shifted my behavior. Yeah. And when I know it can shift my behavior, I'm excited about what it can do for other people, okay. right? This baboon is aware. Now, like, you know, is that baboon on its cell phone? No. Is it reading a newspaper? No. Does it look no. like it's sleeping? No. No. How would you describe the energy of that baboon? Uh, highly alert. Isn't it great? Yeah. He 360 just, view. He just looks vigilant. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's, you know, if anybody's ever done guard duty that's listening, right. guard duty's boring. Yeah. But boy, oh boy, the ultimate sin is to fall asleep while you're on guard yeah. duty, right? I had one guy tell me he saw an animal planet that if this baboon fails to oh. identify a hazard and something gets into mm -hmm. the family, the baboon's kicked out of the troop. Makes sense. And you're a lone baboon now. So now the baboon, when he sees something on the horizon, think about the amount of data that animal's processing. It's got to identify it. It's got to decide, is this a kill me hazard or a hurt right. us hazard? And what's the timing? How far away? How far away do I make the call that it is now critical for the family to be disrupted right. and to invoke the safety plan? Lenny said you could hear the scream for miles wow. across the savannah. I mean, mm -hmm. the baboon takes the job mm -hmm. seriously. And then the family has a plan. So that's okay. the first stop on our tour, right? All right, what else, what other uh, situational well, awareness? Uh... Let's get even more fun. Take a look at this picture. See, you and I are actually doing it right here. We're doing <laughs> like a great. toolbox time. This is great, all right. So now, what do you see in this picture? All right, it looks like, so the second picture. Is a gazelle, by the gazelle. way. Gazelle. We have a family of gazelles, maybe 10, and high grass, and a looks to be a male lion approaching from a distance. Exactly, and what's in the back behind the gazelle? Behind the gazelle is a wall of trees. There you go, there's the picture. A group of 10 gazelles standing in front of the wall of trees. Right. Can you guess what's behind the wall of trees? More, either more trees. A huge herd of gazelle. Of more gazelle. Hundreds there of we gazelle. Go. Okay. Now, the question is, on this particular morning, how did, t see, sometimes the project, the work, is so large, mm -hmm. it's too big for one person to be on guard. Sure, the right, herd is too big. Right, so now we send a group to okay. do the work. Now, the story here is when the group feels that it is a significant enough threat, the lion, 
then they go through the brush line and then see. form the herd who then takes off. Takes right? off. So now we see a group managing the risk. Okay, so more, yep, more than now one. Now again, we're back to, how do they know? What do you do when you wake up in the morning and there's hundreds of gazelle, do we draw straws mm -hmm. on who goes out? Strongest and fastest. I, I don't know, these are the <laughs> mysteries, right? But what we do know is the gazelles value risk management to the point that 10 of them sure. will go out and be on guard for the herd who's grazing. Someone decides they'll step up. Mm -hmm. I mean, probably one of the most poignant stories for me is, I don't know if you remember after the Newtown shooting um, several years ago, mm -hmm. there was a story of a father up in the Pacific Northwest. He had just gotten back from military duty and he decided he would just go be the guard at the school where his kids work. He put his camos on, unarmed, but he just stood at the door of the school. Okay. No, I'm not familiar with that. to be the guard. Okay. See, that's the kind. Now, I say, why would a dad do that? Nobody's mm -hmm. making him do it, mm -hmm. right? He's actually at risk. Why do you do that? Why yeah. do you think a dad yeah. would do that? Yeah, to mitigate the chances of something happening. And what motivates you to do that, you think? I, I think probably the love of his children. Isn't that an amazing yeah. thing? The caring. Yeah. Look, I can sit in Starbucks and I can say, heck with you, Emily. Mm -hmm. I'll take care of me and mine. Right, yeah. The, Deal with it yourself. Yeah. Or I can say, you know what? Right now, here sitting in Starbucks, I'm part of a community of people. Sure. And I'll be the guard for you today. Yeah. I have to care to do it. Now, I'm not going to put attribution onto this baboon of, like, let's say, human emotions of love or caring. But somehow... Yeah, just evolution to protect. you got to protect. To continue yeah. on. Otherwise, you're they done. Want, it is important to them. Mm hmm to want to protect. I think one of the one of the big sort of messages is in the savanna there's no do over. Right. Yeah. You get hurt. I would even expand that to the entire animal kingdom. If if you fail on the job, you're done. Your your life is well, is see, gonna now change. this is where I think it gets kind of messy when right. you bring it over to humans. Now, working in in uh, mm -hmm. some of these plants you almost get the sense there's a feeling that I hit the golden, I got the golden ticket if I get injured. Woo-woo, mm -hmm. wow, man, I'm going to get disability for yeah. life. You know, yeah, I don't have my left arm anymore, <laughs> but wow, I don't have to work. Right. There's so many safety nets Yeah. that it's not as imminent danger if we get hurt. But see, in the savanna, you get wounded, you're on the path to being dinner now, right? Right, right. And I mean, there's, there seems to be a different intensity around it. Okay, so there we have the guards of the, okay. the gazelles. And you know, here, here they've got to make a call. You don't, mm -hmm. you don't want one running out and starting the herd moving and the other nine saying, well, wait a minute, it's mm -hmm. not imminent yet, right? We all agree it's supposed to be. So here, somehow the animals are able to assess risk with the same level of understanding. Sure. Well, Emily, don't you find That's, that amazing? Animal behavior is so amazing. Do you think you could take 10 of us in this office right now and have Ooh. us assess risk no. the same way? No, absolutely not. <laughs> you go, wow, how cool. Right. Now, this has become part and parcel of their being. 
Okay. Wouldn't it be great if as humans, risk and risk assessment could be part and parcel of our being? Just embedded in our, not only safety culture at work, but in our everyday lifestyle. Yeah, exactly lifestyle. right. That's right. right. I, I see risk. Everywhere. Yeah. Okay, so those are a couple <laughs> of examples to, uh, to get us started. All right, so I also want to, I mean, we are in, we are doing the safari, but this, you could apply this to almost any, I feel like, group of animals that relies on a community of existence. So if you're just a solo animal, maybe you're alert all the time, but you don't have to alert others. But if you live in a community... Community is interesting. So, you know, we, you and I have been talking about, are there other animals that mm-hmm. people would see in their everyday life? Let's take geese. A lot of a lot of our listeners have geese around. Right. Next time you see a, a, a flock of geese and you chase or a them gaggle like of geese, I do. Right? Yeah, no, <laughs> there's always one. Okay. Notice there's one a good... on a little hill or a knoll somewhere watching over the other geese. Mm-hmm. Crows. If you see a murder of crows, look around because you'll always see a crow sitting on top of the tallest tree. It, it's so you can and, really and that, take this to any. Yeah, that that idea of a guard, right, is very important. You know, I had one guy come up after. You know, it's great all the stories people start to share, right? Adult mm-hmm. learning, and he said, "Did you know that if a crow fails in their job?" it gets killed. Uh, I mean, this is serious work, right? (laughs) Right. When you say, I'm going to be a guard, Mm -hmm. serious work here. And the animals take it seriously because they know their their life depends on it. And their offspring, and, and or right. their siblings, right. or their parents. You know, we, seem to, we seem to minimize the, uh, the notion of the continuation of the species, right? Um, this fact of this biological imperative yeah. to protect your youth, uh-huh. to have little ones. But somehow it seems like we've just outsourced our safety to everybody else. Right. So, okay, let's bring this back a little bit. We've been talking a lot about animals, which I could do all day. <laughs> All day. Um, but I want to talk about safety now. And you've got such a, a grand background in safety, or at least um, working for um, large uh, manufacturing corporations. So how can we take this safari and embed what you have just taught me and in in what we've been talking about? How can we embed that into everyday culture in the workplace? Wow, what a great that's a, question. That's a, you know, that's we, a pretty big question. Well, well, you know, when we do cultural, uh, when we work on, culture can be created. Did you know mm-hmm. that? You can systematically create culture. And uh, there's a great book by Freud called Totems and Taboos. Mm-hmm. Well, those are two elements of culture. Actually, we can think about culture in terms of four aspects. Status, what we hold up is important. Totems, the symbols. Rituals, what we do on a regular basis and taboos, the no-nos. So it it was not uncommon with groups I'd work with where we'd say, let's describe our current culture in terms of these four terms. And we'd say, what are we holding up as important? Well, OSHA uh, metrics, right? Mm -hmm. That's what's important. The ritual around it is the monthly monitoring, well, Mm -hmm. OSHA compliance, let's say. The ritual's monthly monitoring. The totem is the graph on the wall with my lost time and recordable injuries. Mm-hmm. And the taboo is failure, right? Is to have a lost time or a recordable. Right. 
Well, now you say, okay, it's, it's about a compliance mentality. Well, now that I've got my OSHA recordables down to 0.6, what do we do? Do we just say, hey, great, the rest is just dumb people and let's move on? You know, and this is what a lot of companies are struggling with now. What's next? What comes after my OSHA compliance? And I'm advocating it's about risk and risk mitigation. It's about this. It's about starting a day off with a new ritual. Okay. Right? What I've got, what this is, you can hear it, this is a nice laminated card. It can withstand the oils of the shop environment. Um, a toolbox talk at the start of the day. Oh, look, here are the zebras. Well, what are those zebras doing, Emily? Yeah, we've got two zebras, and they're standing towards each other. Looks like they're both resting their heads on it's each other's backs. It's kind of backs. cuddling, right? Doesn't yeah, it look like they they're look cuddling? Like they're cuddling. Yeah. yeah, it looks like they're cuddling. A little nice afternoon time. <laughs> but what happens is you pull the camera back, and they're all doing that, and but some, you yeah. see a, either like a wild boar right, or Right, in the middle of them. So what we know is the zebras get tired, but the zebras know they can okay. never let their guard down. So what it is is I'll rest my head on your back, you rest yours on mine. The idea of I've got your back. Nice. Now what I do is, I'm part of this culture, Yep. what I'm going to give status to now is situational awareness, risk, risk mitigation, risk management, not OSHA compliance. The totem is this card, the poster I gave you, right? The mm -hmm. banners of animal stuff. The ritual is a morning toolbox talk because now what we'd say is, well, gosh, Emily, how are we going to have each other's back today? That's all I want people saying. How am I going to have your back? Well, I'll watch out for you when you're out on the loading dock, right? How about I spot you when you're mm -hmm. working off the ground? Without distractions, too. No cell phones. Right, yeah. You, you gotta be yeah, so alert, no, To me, this is, this is a whole different way of engaging people because situational awareness is about me having a slightly more elevated sense of the world around me. Sure. And I watch the people around you. Everyone's asleep. They're asleep when they're driving on the freeway because their minds are processing other things. They're asleep when they're cooking bacon, right? The <laughs> splatters that come off of that. They're asleep when they back out of the driveway. They're asleep when they get to work. Matter of fact, look at this picture. Well, here, let's go through the deck here. I want, I want to give you the bigger version of it. It's a beautiful picture here. Yeah, so Alden brought in today into the office a bunch of pictures from the so, Safari. All right, so now we have a picture of a very colorful bird, parrot. No, it's a bird about the size bird. of a vulture, right? Yeah, it's a large bird flying over the savannah. savannah. Isn't that a nice, peaceful scene? Absolutely. There's no problem there. Do you see a lion in there? I don't see a lion. Wow, so what Blue could skies. be wrong here? Now, it's just with this picture here, and this is what's wrong with all of us, and it's that wonderful C word called complacency. Sure. Yeah. I've walked through that field for the past 10 years, never got bit. Yeah. There's no problem here, but what do we know? Hazards are hidden. Lurking leopard in the... Hazards There's... are hidden. Yep. You know, the animals, the predators are designed to hide. Okay. My point is, all around us, the hazards are still there. Just because I didn't get bit doesn't mean the lion's not lurking, it just means my roll of the dice hasn't come up. What we're trying to do is get people to shift from playing odds 
with safety to risk and risk mitigation. I think it's awesome. Lions are a kill me hazard. End of story. Now, what will I do to mitigate my exposure to the lion? Mm -hmm. Wow, Siegfried and Roy, do you remember them? The Vegas yeah. Act? Yeah. Yeah. One of them got injured, I do believe, by one of their own Yes, lions. after 20-some years of being in a cage with a lion, the li now he would claim that he had a stroke and the lion was holding his neck up to help him. Okay, fine, let, let you know, maybe. But I would offer, when you're in a cage for 20 years with a lion, to believe the lion is no longer a lion is complacent. I would believe. I, I, I would say that too. And all of us, our lesson to learn from the lions is, or to learn from the savanna is, complacency kills. And this is what I'm seeing across the country. We have people who've been doing their jobs for 20, 25 years. They've gone through all the OSHA training. They have all their little licenses. And yet you get the maintenance person who goes, well, you know what? Live wires, I can rewire it as long as I just don't touch them. Well, hello, why don't I just take the dice out and let's roll them. Let's see if today's your lucky day. Right? right. That's what's happening. Right. People have been around kill me hazards for so long, they believe the hazard doesn't exist anymore. And that mindset doesn't seem to exist in the savannah. So we need to incorporate what these animals are doing into our culture, our basic human day-to-day day -day yeah. life so wherever I, we go. I brought you a poster today right yep look look at that po it's a well no right there the big one it's big the one. zebras right there's a nice poster of the zebras I've got, with your the back. I've got your back what i have discovered with this whether you're a little kid or a big adult the pictures of the animals is an incredibly sticky message so once you and i talk about the idea of i've got your back all i have to do is put this poster up and it triggers that memory. the memory. I'm finding now, I started this, the first time we did this was three years ago, right now. Okay. And I've talked to people since who were in the first sessions who still remember the messages. The messages are fresh, the messages are real. And that's what's great about it. It's a whole new perspective on looking at the world. You yeah. wanna do one more? Well, let's do one more. Look at that. All right, so this next photo that Alden handed me is a herd of water buffalo. Am I right? <laughs> Cape buffalo. Cape buffalo. Yeah. Dang, so close. So. And can you I, see what's in the middle of this herd? Um. Isn't it a beautiful picture? I have. I have no idea. There's right in the middle. You can see a little calf. Oh, I see it now. There's so there is a little calf in the middle. Wow. So what we learn about the Cape Buffalo is not only do they stand united because Lenny said anytime you came upon a herd of them, they always greeted you the same way. Okay. Snouts straight up in the air as if to say, don't come any closer. And then once they assess the risk, oh, it's just the Jeep. Just the tourists. Right. Then they put their heads back down and go to what they're doing. But they always keep the elderly and the babies in the middle of them. So now we have this whole theme about standing united against hazards. There's a great video out on YouTube. It's called The Battle of Kruger. Amazing okay. that they ever caught it. And what you witness is a, a lead bull walking in front of the herd and walks them right into a group of cats sitting in the high grass. And the cats spring into action. They run, the baby gets separated, the cats take the baby down, and you think, oh no. 
It's over. It's <laughs> over for the baby. This is such a this is such an amazing story. Animal Planet did a whole series, a whole show on it, right? Uh-huh. And then you learn that cats kill by suffocation, so it's very slow. Well, what happens is the herd regroups, and the next scene you see the entire herd come back and surround the cats. Yeah. And then they pick them off one at a time, and the herd moves and chases the cats away until the baby gets free. And you go, why wouldn't I want to live with a group of people like that? Right? Standing or united. Work with a, a yeah, or work people. with a group like that where we stand united. We take care of the young and the elderly in our midst and we drive problems to root cause. Mm-hmm. Wow, what a great story. You know? great story. And we learned that from the Cape Buffalo. Great story. Yeah. The elephants teach us to respect the boundaries. Hippo heads. Right? You look yep. at these, you go, oh, that's not a big deal. Those look like, don't those look like just little ducks there? Huge. Just little, little ears yeah. floating on the water. Misjudging hazards. But, right? It. That's it. You miss, if you think that's not important or yep. that's not uh, hazardous, you've got another thing coming to you because under those little ears is the biggest onerous killer. So now we can have a whole conversation about what are our hippo heads. For everybody listening, what are your hippo heads right now? These are the small little things that people can minimize because, well, it does. I can't see the hippo. All I see is the little head. You've got hippo heads right now in your midst. I worked at one place where they made, um, it was an explosive fuel, right? A very, uh, okay. and, you, and they had these big, uh, like a KitchenAid, right? Big mixers. It'd be the size of this room yeah. with a big beater in it, right? And you put all the ingredients in and you're making them. Yeah. Well, unbeknownst to them, there was a hippo head. And that was when the when the um, the bowl would be lifted up because they hadn't invested in maintenance for a while. It would tilt just ever so slightly, you know, quarter of an inch. Not a big deal, right? For right. anybody who's who's in senior positions, like what's the big deal? So, and because of changes in management, capital never got approved to to upgrade the bowl. Guess what happens? One day, the batter's going yes. around, screech, 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 and it ignited the whole tank. Wow. Well, you go, hippo head, right? Just yeah. a little bend of the bowl. But somebody minimized it, and it led to, now, fortunately, no one was in there at the time, right? Destroyed the building, though. Yeah, Safe, safety business. manager, yeah, yeah everyone. I mean, these are the kind of things. So we learned that from the hippos. Oh, we've got all kinds of good, good stories. Yeah, here. so I would have to say I think we're running, we're running short on time here. But Alden offers this safari tour, and um, it's inspiring. It's a great takeaway message, and I, I really think it it brings value and light to um, what everyone should be doing, like Alden mentioned, on a day to day basis. Um, any any final last last uh, comments, Alden? Before we have to uh, pull I'll the plug here. I'll tell you what. For everybody listening, I've got a, a little video posted. We use it for new hire orientation. It's ten minutes. If you go to myvaluetree.com, or if you have a BLR um, website, I can send you the link for yeah, it we'll, there. Yeah. We can make that little video available. But right now, until Emily and I hook her up with it. <laughs> Uh, MyValueTree.com, go under the Safari tab. Down at the bottom, it says New Hire Orientation. Here it is, folks. 
put in the passcode risk-free. And you can see a 10 minutes, a 10 minute tour, and uh, you can get a visual of everything we talked about today. I'll make that available for you. Yeah, that's excellent. So. Um, yeah, that's all we have on this episode of EHS on Tap. I, I really want to thank uh, Alden for coming in to do the episode today. And if listeners would like to follow up with Alden, he can be reached at Alden at MyValueTree.com. And like he mentioned, by visiting uh, www.MyValueTree.com. And I will be putting up the 10 minute, uh, the link to the 10 minute video. You can find it on SoundCloud, we'll put it on iTunes, and uh, so if you listen to this podcast, you can find the link, and we'll also put it on the BLR, enviro.blr and safety.blr websites. So thanks everyone for listening in, and this podcast was brought to you by BLR.